Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, Now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. I mentioned it already. Uh, he went to 11 Super Bowls. Your first one was in 1980. 10. 10. Or 10. I'm sorry. I forgot. The caveat yeah. was that I can't you, lie. Were, you were taking some time off. 10. Your first one was 1985. Uh, that, that, that infamous Bears team Super Bowl shuffle. Um, what did you learn from that first Super Bowl? Ended up being a loss. Yep. Uh, I think I think this. That was an immensely talented football team who played the best game that they played in that game. They really played really, really well. And and they were immensely talented. They were much more talented than we are. But I well, you know, and, and you know, we I've been to 10 Super Bowls, like you said, and been part of five losing games. And you can learn something from every from every loss as you can from every win. The wins kind of you gloss over them but those those losses man they stay with you a long time but that game just says hey look we got to make sure we we're good at all positions and and we don't have many weaknesses we'll we never had a team as good as the Bears Super Bowl team that was a I mean that was a rare team and but we've had a lot of good teams around here and that were well stocked with good players and that were really really I hope people would look at and say you know that's a well coached football team so that's what i took away from that one we'll talk about the patriots way bill belichick obviously uh been the head coach there a long time a lot, a lot of success um i had johnny smoltz on uh the podcast the other day he was a teammate of mine with the atlanta braves uh i i only played in atlanta one year but i played against him a lot in the nineties when they were just, they were dominant. 
And uh, I got traded in the 98 season, after the 98 season, to the Atlanta Braves. And I remember going into camp that year. And and in Cincinnati, at that time in my career, I'd been on some great uh, mid-90s teams. Um, but I went to camp with the Atlanta Braves, and it was different. The culture was different. I walked in. I was you know how the head coach or the, well head coach in football the skipper in baseball he'll address the team early in spring training there was uh myself and, and a couple new guys that that he was really focusing his his speech on and he basically said you guys come from a lot of different places but he, we here in Atlanta what I'm going to do Booney is we're going to roll out a lineup every day and we're going to steamroll our opponents it was a different feeling it was very workmanship like in Atlanta come to the ballpark you win a game you go home there was no fluff but it was a culture it's like we here in Atlanta we win and we win every year different than any other team I'd ever been on but but it opened my eyes and and then I realized why had they had so much success in the 90s Um, a lot of people go into camp every year uh, baseball football wherever it may be thinking hey we're gonna win um Few succeed. Talk to me a little bit about the Patriot way. You know, that phrase Patriot way, I've I've never really embraced that. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've never been in a staff meeting with the head coach in all the years that that Bill and and that I was fortunate enough to work for Bill. I've never heard him use that phrase ever. But I do think that there is a culture that exists there to your point, very similar to what existed in, in Atlanta. And um, and that culture is driven by that we we have rules and we have a way of doing things that we're very, very uh, that are very, very important to us. And when you walk in the building, you see, you know, four or five things that Bill wants everybody to understand, you know, do this, do this, do this, do this. And I'm, I'm not going to say any of them because, you know, they're, they're team things. And when you walk out the door, it's the same thing, you know. Essentially, don't speak for other people, you know, just just mind your own business and don't worry about all the rest of the noise outside. But I think this, you know, it, um, there's a clear set vision. Um, you, you're to be on time for all meetings. A guy walks into a meeting. I'm going to tell you now, if he's have, if we have a, a team meeting and a guy walks in late, he sends him home. He sends him home. Go get out of here. You're out of here for the day. And no one wants to be that guy, okay? No one wants to be that guy. And, um, you know, there's a way to do things in practice. If you jump off sides, you take a lap. No one's, you know, without even a whole lot of noise, just go. And you take a lap all the way around the goalpost and you come back and we're not waiting for you. If Tom Brady backs out of there early before a snap, he's gone. And the next guy, the backup quarterback, he's taking snaps while Tom's, taking his lap around the practice field. That's just how it is. And the reason is for all those things is that, you know, false starting or being offsides on defense, it's not all right. We, you never, you would never hear a coach say to a player, oh, that's all right, let's go to the next play. We would never, that never happened. So guys were sent on laps. And if we had 12 guys on the field, the whole defense would run. If it was, they had 12 guys on the field. If we had 12 guys in the huddle, the whole offense would run. And we'd wait for them, every, all of them to get back. And that doesn't mean we were taking less time for practice. Practice just got moved back a little bit. 
So that's the culture that existed. And it was reinforced by a very, very strong group of players that had been in that program. And for us, the genesis of that approach was Parcells. You know, that's how he did things. And then, you know, then we went through Pete. And then when Bill came in, there was a lot of the same things. And the players that had been with with Parcells and then with Bill Belichick, they kind of, they really liked that. And look, at you may have been experienced to this or not, but I know this. On any team, there's 5%, 5%, and 90% in between. 5% at the top, you don't have to tell those guys anything. They're on board, man. They're run through walls. And they're on board, okay? 5% at the bottom, I'm going to say, wait a minute. You want me to run through that wall? You're crazy, okay? Now, it doesn't mean they're bad players, but they're not quite on board, okay? And then there's 90% on the, in the middle, all right? So who do those 90% gravitate to the most? If the 5% at the bottom got the voice in the locker room, what's the team look like? Kind of do it, bitch and complain, do it the way they the 5% yeah. at the bottom said. Or if the at the 5% at the top, they got the voice, um, then all of a sudden those guys at the bottom, they, they, don't, they don't have any choice. They may complain, but someone's saying, hey, shut the hell up and let's go, you know? But that it was always it was always reinforced by the the really strong leadership that was in the locker room, that came from the head coach, the staff, and 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 just made it. If you want to use that phrase, Patriot way, that's what the media calls it around here. Then maybe that was it. But I just know this: you know, we had a very very strong locker room for a long period of time, and you can name the guys that that were part of it. You know. Brady, McGinnis, Lawyer Malloy, you know, I'm just name Brewski, all of them, Grable. And it was just those were the strongest guys in our, our locker rooms. And and they had the voice and it just made our team consistently good over a long period of time. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. You mentioned Brady, Tom Brady. Uh, what made him different? What set him apart? from everybody else? Uh, I, when you say everybody else, other quarterbacks, because he didn't, he was no different than everyone else in the team relative to cultural things we talked about. But Tom was a great, great worker. He, he, unbelievable, prepared for everything, every situation. I watch him now or, you know, over the last few years at Tampa. And I, you know, as a retired ex-football coach and I, sit there and I, I look at, you know, he comes up to the line of scrimmage and I say, he knows what the coverage is right now. He knows where he's going with the football right now. And bang, you know, take a drop, bang, balls out. He, you know, he's, he's throwing it to guys wide ass open and that's just how it is. And, you know, just always knew those things. His, his preparation prior to the Super Bowls, especially Super Bowl week was off the charts. I mean, it was 
he was in lockdown mode for him. And, uh, you know, when, when, when the work was done for the day for the players and they have great evenings with their family or friends or whatever it is, okay, they were out. And I wasn't Tom. That's not what he did. He, he was laser focused and you always knew it. And um, he would never cease to amaze you by how tough the guy was. You know, we were getting ready for a playoff game uh, the year. I think we played the Rams in the Super Bowl and running back ran into him and tore the webbing on one of his fingers, you know, in the, between the hand. And I, and I looked and you could see, I you know, he grabbed it and I looked and you could see the tendons and everything. I said, Oh God, he's done. This is his throwing hand. And he played and he played great. And that's just Tom. Bill Belichick, same thing. What made him different? Oh, driven man. He's just, you know, driven, uh, thinking about it all the time driven to make the team better, whether it's personnel, it's coaching, whatever it is. And, and I, and I really feel this way about him too. Very fair in a lot of respects, you know, when he comes to you and, you know, he'll say, Hey Dante, what do you think about blocking this play this way? And I, when a head coach comes to an assistant and with the suggestion, you know, you have two, you have really two choices and the two choices are to give him a fair and fair answer. And the first thing is, you know, if you say, you know, Bill, we tried that before and here's what happened when we tried it, doing it that way. And here's the reason why we're not doing it that way. He would say, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, that's all right, I get it. But if you didn't have that reason, okay. So that's the only that's the only acceptable answer. You got it. We'll do it. Let's go. And uh, and I think he and, and to, to, you know, as far as that question, he's always thinking about things that will help improve and make the team better. And. Uh, he's a pleasure to be around. He's not the same guy uh, that you see in the media and talking to the media that he is amongst the coaches. Now, don't get me wrong. This ain't, you know, uh, he ain't Shecky Green up there, a comedian or something. <laughs> he's not that. But uh, there's a definite side to him that a lot of people don't see that you do see. And uh, he's a pleasure to work for because there's no gray areas, man. You know, you, he wants it done a certain way. And I appreciate that personally, me, because, you know, that makes it easy for me. You know where you stand. Absolutely. With your head, you know, the head guy. It's a, I, I always appreciated uh, managers that were like that. Sure. It's like I, I can walk into his office and I got a question. I'm going to get an answer and it's not going to be, it's not going to be a bullshit answer. It's going to be, mm -hmm. you might not always like the answer, but you walk out of there, know know what the situation is for real. Sure. Uh, the ten Super Bowls. You know, I, it still boggles my mind to go to that many. I got to go to a World Series. I lost. Man, it was a bad feeling when we came out of there. Any Super Bowl stand out for you? Any win sweeter than any other win? Any loss? Any tougher? Was there a Super Bowl that was a particular tough loss or, or a particular sweet win? I guess that's the, the question. Well, I think that obviously the, the elephant in the room, you know, this uh, giant Super Bowl where we were 18 and 0 going into it. Um, and I think the one takeaway from, from me personally in that game was that we didn't play our best football in that game at all. They played great. To their credit, they played great. And um, 
And I learned uh, my biggest takeaway from that one was, you know, we, we got to, we got to play our best football. We got to prepare and be the best we can possibly be going forward. And, um, you know, I, I think that that's the, the, the greatest takeaway. It was painful, man. You know, and I will tell you this, the, the five that we lost, I never came off the field. You know, there was never an ounce of satisfaction in, in it. You know, when you lose that game and confetti's the other team's colors and raining down on you, all you want to do is get the hell out of there. And but it, but you can, you can, you know, you can uh, revel in the misery of it all, and not revel, but be pained about the misery of it all, and or you can get past it and use it as a, you know, as a something that'll a motivation that'll make you coach harder, make you coach better, make you do things better to win if you ever get a chance to do it. I, you know, I, to get to the first Super Bowl was like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. And then, you know, to have the, the fortune to, to get to 10 of them, I, I can't explain that other than it was really, really a fortunate situation. Now I'm grateful for it, Brett. Um, Hall of Fame, Patriots Hall of Fame. It's coming up. You looking forward to it? You got your speech ready? Uh, it's not going to be for a while, but um, when it does, you know, I will. Uh, I will uh, thank everyone that uh, helped um, me take this path and and get to this point. You know, and, um, and that's that's a lot of people, a lot of great players, a lot of players that didn't have great ability but gave you everything they had. Unbelievable family, unbelievable wife that, you know, be 49 years this June and, you know, to be in this business as long as she has and to persevere is really, really special. So, you know, it's all that. And my parents, especially, who are no longer with us, but, you know, to, you know, the sacrifices they made and to help me along the way. And, I'll, you know, that's that's what this is all about is to thank those that got you to this point. And I, and I am truly thankful to all of them. And I, I think for you, for being a coach for so long, uh, I don't know. I, I think it would be really cool to, to when you go back in that time made and you're officially inducted and to see those guys that you taught and, and were, and you worked so many long hours with, I know when I look to certain uh, coaches, managers in my life that, that have made a difference at, and, touched me in a different way, you know, uh, made an impact on my life when I see them. Uh, I don't know. It's different. It's just, it's a, it's a special thing. And I think a lot of those guys that you were a part of their lives for so many years, you were there for so long, uh, them watching you receive that honor, I, I think is, uh, it's going to be a really cool thing. I'm, I'm thinking about it now from the player side and watching you, uh, getting your, getting your just due. I, I, I think it's really cool and I'm really happy for you. And, and, uh, I think it's going to be a great event. I want to thank you for coming on the boom podcast. This was really cool. Uh, get to talk about stuff that I don't get to talk about every day. And I appreciate you, you coming on Dante, uh, all the best to you. Congratulations on 49. 49 years. That's no joke. You know, my, my parents, my parents just passed their, their 50 and I'm looking at them, you know, it's just mom and dad, but I'm thinking, wow, 50, 50 years. <laughs> That's a lot of years, baby. It is. Where did your parents grow up? San Diego. There you go. They went to 
uh, Crawford High. Okay. Crawford yep. High. They've met and they've been together driving each other crazy ever since. Yeah. We all grew up in LA and East LA. And, Taft know, College, right? Taft, Taft College. Up that was your original, there. original Taft College yeah. to the, to the Patriot Hall of Fame. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Dante, Thank you. for taking the time. And uh, for all you out there listening to the Boone podcast, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 